Welcome to Talking with God. My goal is to provide you with insight on how a strong prayer life can help bring you closer to a loving relationship with God. I keep no secrets and share my own struggles for a single purpose. I want to encourage you to pray more often, pray more consistently, and pray in all things. Talking with God is about just that, the conversation that you have with our Heavenly Father. And prayer is not complicated. We make it complicated. There's no special sauce to getting prayer right. So let us shed that stigma that talking with God is complicated. God, our Father, is there to listen to us in all seasons. Whether you are having the best of days, or maybe you are facing some struggles and are angry at the world, or even God himself, he is still there. So join us each week as we talk about life and how you can build an amazing and loving relationship by talking with God. Thanks for joining me here again on Talking With God. I want to say how grateful I am that you're taking time out of your day to spend it here with me. We're continuing our journey of what a faithful father is. In our last episode, we discussed leading in love, which is something Christ did so effectively while ministering on earth. He's the picture-perfect example of how to lead while loving. Today, we're going to dive into the discipline and honor parts of being a father. It's something that, when done effectively, places the man in a position of respected authority. And that word is key there, respected. And respect can be gained many ways, just like authority can. The key is to gain both respect and authority through love and knowledge. If you lead in love, focus on a deeper theology, then use those in your life, you will gain respected authority. When we speak of authority as Christians, we have to consider the differing levels of authority in the home. Now, they're easy to delineate, but I can guarantee that I struggle with them just like you do. The first and most absolute authority is God. If you're a Christian and you believe that you are the final authority in your home, you are wrong. I'm not a finger pointer, though, because... I do it too. It's a pride thing for me. You know, I work hard for my family, for the things we have and enjoy. But all of that, it's God's providence. And there's no splitting hairs in that statement. Your life, my life, exists because he created humanity. And without that, there's nothing. And we lose that perspective sometimes daily in our lives. You know, God has authority over all things, but what is authority and, and who has it? Well, authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, or enforce obedience. And there are several types of authority that we are completely under the influence of in our entire lives, and they all come as a gift from God. The government, as we see in Romans 13.1, the legal system, like the judges, we see that in Romans 13 too. The authority of the church, which you can find in Titus 5.1. Family and parental authority is in Ephesians 6.1 and Colossians 3.20. These are clear and undeniable. It's plainly stated in each of those verses. The authority of God is unequivocal, and he has delegated authority. You can see this in Daniel 4.17 but he has delegated authority to some institutions on earth. 
And while church and the government and the legal system are topics that I plan on covering in future episodes, we're in the Faithful Father series. So parental authority is the topic du jour. So let's talk about defining parental authority. I can think of no more important passage in the Bible for defining this as an obligation to your children than in Deuteronomy chapter 11 verses 1 through 19. In that passage, we are commanded to love and serve the Lord by keeping the rules and commandments given to us. Deuteronomy 11.2 specifically charges us with teaching our children these things. Deuteronomy 11.19 tells us when and how we should teach God's word. Can you take a guess? The short answer is always. Our authority is only through God's power, and our children will not understand or respect that authority unless they are taught about where the authority starts from. One of the ways that I've been trying to help my children understand the chain of command on a spiritual level, and this is usually you know when I've put them to bed. They're getting older now, so they don't want me to put them to bed, or they just want to do it on themselves. But you know, I pose several questions um, when they have done something that they probably shouldn't have. And uh, for my boy, I love him, but one of his biggest things is that he lies. And so our conversation might go something along the lines of him doing something. And I'll ask him, did you do this? No. And I know they're lying because I saw what they did. They just didn't see me do it. Um, And so then I ask the question of them, well, what's the one thing? And I say this all the time. What is the one thing that I dislike the most? And their response is, lie. And I said, well, when you lie, who do you lie to? And then at some point, they come to the correct answer. Because I've explained to them that every time they commit some act of disobedience, they're breaking a commandment. They know that by lying to me, they're not just displeasing me. But more important, they're displeasing God. So usually what they'll say And Eli doesn't say it as much uh, anymore because he's gotten older. But when he was younger, he would say, God, Jesus, Mommy, and Daddy. And I would tell him that's right. And so I'll ask him again, you know, just to reinforce it. And, you know, I I tell him, you know, I try not to be angry. (laughs) Sometimes that's unavoidable. Uh, It's not the right way. We've talked about that in the previous episode. Uh, But, you know... I let them know that I'm more disappointed when they lie to me than if they tell me the truth and then we deal with the problem because the lying just makes it worse. You're, you're taking a problem making and, and digging a deeper hole. Uh, but usually after you know that they tell the truth, we talk uh, and they still get disciplined. They lose something that they like doing because I'm a firm believer in cause and effect. My goal is to first follow God's command that I bring my children up under his instruction and discipline. And you'll see that in Ephesians 6, verses 1 and 4. Uh, But parental authority is the distribution of God's will through the husband and wife. I'll say that again because I think that's really important. Parental authority is the distribution of God's will through the husband and wife. It is not a place of superiority, and it is not about having a specific position in the home. That authority is the distribution of God's will through the husband and wife. Now, The parent's position in a home is not one of a merciless dictator. Husbands are to love and sacrifice for the wife as Christ did for the church. 
A wife is to help her husband in all things. They raise children under God's will. These are symbiotic relationships and not one-way streets. We often see that position as a perk and forget that it carries a ton of responsibility. In all places where God has given this power of authority, there's also a requirement that individuals in that position will come to account for their actions. You know, society is kept safe with laws. This practice was in place from creation when God gave us a single law and man failed to obey it. That's a constant conversation that I have with the kids. If they break a rule or something like that, I ask them straightforwardly, why do we have rules? Why are these things in place? And the correct answer is is to keep us safe, and that's true. You know, they haven't lived a full life like me and their mom have. They don't understand the dangers that they could potentially put themselves into by just not obeying those things. But I also explain to them that laws serve multiple purposes. They protect individuals. They also protect society as a whole. Society creates laws when it believes an action or set of actions are causing a significant amount of harm to individuals and to society itself. Those with authority must understand that they have a duty to care for those under their influence, and any abuse of that position must answer to God. God rewards those who use that position to protect and bless those under their influence. We're told that in Luke chapter 12, verses 42 through 48, and also in chapter 20, verses 9 through 16. Husbands are to seek not to be spiritually passive. We have to engage with the Bible and with God daily. We engage in discussions with our wife about God daily. So, Consider this. If, if your wife has more knowledge and is more spiritually mature than you, you'll have to answer God's questions of why you are not leading your family spiritually. That doesn't mean to just step back and defer to your wife and all things connected in God. It's a call for you to dig in and do what God made you for. Loving Him, protecting what is His, which means your wife and children, and leading them to Him through His Word. The authority as a husband or father that you're given has nothing to do with your position in your family, but has everything to do with your character as a person, as a Christian. The greatest leaders are servants. And Jesus made that case in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. And we see this in the most successful businesses as well. There are two types of leaders those who focus on supervision, organizing, and performance. These are transactional leaders. They're very efficient, but that doesn't make them effective. The other type of leader who works with people to identify needed change, creates a vision to guide the change through their inspiration, and executes the change in tandem with committed members of their group. In this case, we're talking about your family. These are transformational leaders. Now, this is my favorite type of leader, a servant leader, because they're both of these things, and a husband should strive to be both of these things. It's not easy. There are times when supervision of your children is essential, but more often than not, you need to inspire them to be better, not just command them to. And the best way to do that is to show them how, by committing yourself 
to doing the things you want them to do. You're giving them an example. You give them a vision of what God wants from his earthly followers, and then you drive towards that goal so that they understand your passion. They get swept up in that. And so, yeah, I did say there are two types of leaders, but the servant leader is, is that hybrid. It's that thing that is so hard to to bring to fruition. It's the most difficult thing, but their rewards are so much greater. Now, I'm not perfect. I, you know, I just share my thoughts on the Bible and what God is telling me needs to be communicated. So ask these questions of yourself to make sure what you are doing is based on servant leadership and not narcissism. I use these to make sure that I stay centered too. First, start off with this. Have I given it all to God? As Paul would say, am I a slave to Christ? There's no room for partial obedience in God's heart. If I am in a position to exert authority, am I abusing it? Or am I using it under the weight of knowledge that God will call me to answer for how I am treating those under my authority? Basically, when I'm dead, what is God going to ask me when it comes to this specific position in my life? Am I serving those I am over? Am I practicing the humbleness that Christ displayed while he was persecuted and slain? What is my character saying about how I use that authority? Am I leading my family by obeying God's word first? Very deep and tough questions. But I promise you that if you focus on those questions, and even if you have to do it in retrospect and look at the things that you did in a certain circumstance, you'll find ways to become better. Because authority is not a fickle subject. It's something that God has clearly defined in the Bible, and he's given us direction about. Authority done in a manner befitting Christ brings discipline from those subject to it. If a leader, a husband, is doing this, he will have honored God's desire for the position he's been placed in. It can be difficult to remember that desire, especially when we're angry, but we have to hold fast to that confession of God's love and use it for good and not crushing the spirit of another, especially our wife and children. They're the most precious gifts that God gives you. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, a family member, or your neighbor. It would mean the world to me if you listen on iTunes or another platform that allows ratings. Give this podcast what you think is fair. Subscribe and connect with us on social media. Let us know how we're doing. If you're moved to donate, please do. You can do that on our site, twgpodcast.com. With all of that out of the way... I want to tell you that I really do appreciate you sticking with what I feel is a very heavy topic. Heavy is the crown. So can I ask that you pray with me? Father, you are sovereign in our lives. There's not a breath taken. There's not a life lived or a life lost that doesn't fall under your domain. The weight of that is crushing in my mind but you are the only one who can do it perfectly. 
what authority you have given us is like a grain of a mustard seed. It's so infinitesimal compared to the authority that you have. But it's my hope that I use it in a manner befitting Christ. Your son gave me a perfect example. I pray that my eyes remain focused on that example. Thank you for Jesus. and Thank you for the grace, the unending grace that I get every single day. Thank you for the perfect example of leadership so that I can serve you by leading my family with respected authority. I am humbled that I am given this platform to communicate to the world and allow to speak about things that I learn. Uh, Even sometimes I feel overwhelmed and undeserving of such a position. You've blessed me with it. All of this I pray in Christ's name. Amen.